internet is an ocean that we invent as we explore. In the murky darkness of virtual places, there could be dragons, shabbats, leviathans. Certainly I have heard voices on the web who say we will discover or build a god and reach the side of the ocean floor. Today we have a special episode of Halloween Horror with two very special guests, both returning champions. Two of my favorite guests ever. I say that about all of them, but I mean it this time. Dave Martell from the Biz Art Archives and Brendan Hearn from Aureus Press. Uh, we kind of did a last minute impromptu episode and it's really funny because I was talking to Brendan and I was saying to him... Uh, you know, I think we should do a horror movie episode. I think we should just go and just talk all horror movies, just in general, our favorite horror movies, our favorite genres. While we were having that conversation, I got an email notification from Dave's Substack of Dave's top 10 horror movies. So I said, well, shit, we got to invite Dave to this episode then. It was like uh, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. So, Dave, um, if you want to start us off, can you give us a quick intro? You have been on the show. But mm -hmm. uh, give us a quick intro and then tell us, just list what your top 10 horror movies were uh, on your on your Substack episode. Give, shield the Substack and then uh, and then we'll bring Brendan in. Sure. Yeah. For folks that aren't familiar, I am Big Dave. I am the editor in chief of the Bizarre Archives, Weird Tales of Monsters, Magic and Machines. And it is a pulp uh, publication. I mean, an undercrowned publishing company that specializes in the the great literary traditions of science fiction, um, fantasy, and cosmic horror, or supernatural horror, all kinds of horror. We do all kinds of spooky stuff, lots of fantasy and imaginative storytelling and stuff like that, which you guys can go buy over at thebizarrearchives.com, um, all that good stuff. And we also have a sub stack that we run that we like to put articles out. We do deep dives on uh, famous authors of yesteryear, XYZ, lots of great content over there. You guys are going to love it, so go check it out. And um, you get the premium for only five five bucks a month, and you get free ebooks every single month. And we do podcasts and you know all the stuff with Substack. So go over there, check it out. But on the uh, the other day, I did a couple of I got some more articles that are going to be coming out talking about horror because it's spooky season, right? And the the bizarre guys were the spooky guys, so we want to do some spooky content. So I did two uh, articles of top tens. One of them was 10 indie cosmic horror short films that I suggested. And another one, which this got a little, this got, uh, got spread around. It got a little bit of some heat. Some people really liked it. And this was my top 10 horror flicks. Now, I want to clarify with this list. It's not necessarily the top 10 best films of all time. Objectively, it's not, um, you know, it, it's just the 10 films in my life that I love, that I keep going back to, that I think are iconic for me. And right? they're your favorites. They're your they're favorites. My, they're my favorites. They're my well, favorites. Hey, look, of all man, time. It, it landed you an impromptu spot on this podcast episode. It was so it was a good article. I'm, I'm really glad. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I'll just mow through them real quick. 
and uh, we, we yak about them. So the first one I had, number 10, was a, a film called Humanoids from the Deep. Right, Humanoids from the Deep is the <laughs> schlocky, retarded, sleazy <laughs> yeah. B-movie from this producer named Roger Corman. He was like the king of B-movies. This guy would make movies out of trash, like with movie props out of trash. He would reuse them over and over again. He would have some sort of monster, and then he would like, rip the skin off and get them to resew it, put it back on and make another monster. This guy would like, um, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And he did some kind of scumbag stuff too. So he was like a notorious, notor infamous, I guess you could say, B-movie guy. And he made such, you know, uh, forgotten films such as, uh, what was that? The Plan uh, Planet Terror, not Planet Terror. What was that? Um, what was it? For No, Forbidden Planet. Uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. He's got like a bunch of these movies that were just. Oh, Battle Beyond the Stars. That was uh, a good one. I like that good, one. And he's got uh, what was her name? Sybil Danning, who's who's like the queen of of eighties babes. But like, isn't Forbidden Planet the? Isn't that the Disney one? The high big budget Disney one with Leslie Nielsen? Or am I wrong? No, no, Forbidden? no, no, no. Okay, what am I thinking of? I could be mixing it up. Hang on, Forbidden Planet. Let me look it up real quick. So Forbidden, yeah, Forbidden Planet. It was uh, Forbidden Planet was like. Um, no, it wasn't Forbidden Planet. I'm like forgetting the names. Of I them. might be wrong. I'm sorry. I don't know. But no, thanks. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. What was his? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Guys, go look up Roger Corman and you will see the movies. I've seen just about every single one of his movies. I think that they're uh, I, I don't want to say that they're great because they're not. They're objectively terrible, but they're, they have like a charm to them that I just love. They mm. are they're cheesy. They they're they're just what they are. <laughs> and I love these style of movies because in their sleaziness and in their their cheapness and everything, there's something kind of wholesome about them. There's something very authentic and sincere about them. They're not trying to be ironic. They're not too smart for their own good. They're not trying to deconstruct anything. They are just a cheap movie to entertain the audience. And this one is top of the list for me this is one of my favorites it is a movie about these kind of amphibioid deep ones that rise from from the uh, ocean depths every great once in a while to breed and they breed with human females and these these uh, monsters have just exquisite taste in women because they just they they don't they never fail to to like track down the most like hottest youngest babes they could find like it's always some like 20 something lady with her top off or something that she, they always catch them so this is just a, a weird rapey <laughs> i'm like not painting this very well at all but <laughs> no, it sounds amazing man i can't believe i've never great. seen it it's great. great it's great though you guys gotta see it it's uh if you could make it through you'll see what i'm talking about humanoids from the deep is something special it's it's a stinky movie but it's it's I just, I love it. I can't help. I don't know why. I just do. And so the next one on my list was Event Horizon, right? This was a film that came out in 1997. It's from a director named Paul Anderson. And for folks that aren't familiar, he was sort of the video game director guy. He did like Mortal Kombat. And what else did he do? He did another video game. He did a bunch of like video game movies and some different uh, stuff. Uh, uh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. I love yeah, the yeah. first Resident Evil is fucking killer. And we have an Astro Flight Simulation episode of Event Horizon. So everybody has to go check that out. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fan favorite of mine. It's a fantastic film. Fantastic film. It's it's cosmic horror. It's it's got sci fi. It's got some supernatural stuff. The acting in it from um uh, what's it? Uh, Neil Sam Neil is tremendous. That guy's just fantastic. 
So it's really, really a great movie. And it's a movie that kind of it, a cult, kind of a cult classic in a way. I mean, it's a big budget film, but it it's it, it's one of those movies that uh, became beloved as it aged. Big time. Absolutely. I loved Event Horizon. It was uh, and I, you're saw, right. I saw it in the theater, man. Oh, you did? Yeah. Man. Yeah, I did, too. Uh, nice. Long to long time. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> was that? The 97, 97, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great film. You're, you're, there's, I got a lot of, I'm one of those guys that thinks that sci-fi is, um, just naturally adjacent to horror. I think some of the, some of the best sci-fi and also some of the best sci-fi has horror elements and some of the best horror has sci-fi elements. It's just my, it's my opinion. And then cosmic horror kind of falls in the middle of both of them. So, um, next up on my list, I did the evil dead remake. Right? Yeah, now I this lo- one I gotta. You're gonna have to. Explain. Evil Dead remake. The Evil yeah, Dead why, remake. Yeah, why'd you pick the remake? So yeah. you're gonna have okay. to explain this one, brother. I know, I know. <laughs> I got a little why? heat for this pick. I got a little heat. Well, who so, made the remake? I don't even know. Sam Raimi. Yeah, Sam well, Raimi. Oh, that's good. I didn't realize he made it. When was good. this? 2013. Oh, and I think the, I I the dude. Know. I think the main character is a girl, though. No, that's the newest one. Oh, okay, that's a different one. I thought you picked the newest one with the girl. Mm-mm. Okay, this go is... on. We'll let you give your spiel for it. Yeah. So 2013, he comes out with this. This, yeah. I'm not surprised you guys did. It sort of f- flew under the radar for some reason. And it was in that 2013, it was like the end of the year, I guess the beginning of the 2010s, the end of the 2000s. And I'm sure you guys remember in the, like the, the, the aughts into the 2010s, all horror movies looked the same with this black on black on black yeah, on gray yeah, color yeah, palettes. Yeah. Everything was dark. The, 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 and, sorry to interrupt you, but no, they did ahead. a Night of the Living Dead remake in like 2004, and it was like that. It was not. It was not terrible. It was pretty good. Yeah, that was by that uh, Tom Savini or whatever the makeup guy. Yeah, he was like a... sex sex machine and uh. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy, you know the guy, right? Yeah. But uh, go on, sorry. No, it was just uh, what I thought. Evil Dead in this time, this this Evil Dead remake. So I was gonna put the original Evil Dead on there. You know, everybody loves it. Every the, my favorite one of the original is the second one. Actually, I actually like the oh, second yeah, one. Oh yeah, that's the best one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is the best one. Yeah. Oh, okay, I guess that's not a controversial take. Although but, Army um, of Darkness too, I fucking love Army of Darkness a oh, lot. Who don't? <laughs> a lot. Go on. You just can't miss <laughs> with these the 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 OG Evil Dead like the Evil Dead trilogy there. You just can't you can't miss with it. Well, I like the second one the best just because you don't really know what's going on because it starts out like a legitimate horror and then it sort of, sort of transitions into a comedy halfway yeah. through an or yeah. adventure comedy and it's like what the fuck's going and on? Like I think because the third one was outright comedy. I think Bruce Campbell Bruce probably Campbell. hams it up the most in the second one. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're not letting Dave finish here. Go ahead. No, Go ahead. you guys, you guys uh, jump in. But um, yeah, so I chose this one because this is one of the scariest movies I have ever seen. Really? This movie, yeah, everything from the color, it has a lot of the same uh, motifs and kind of devices and stuff that you see in the first, with like the the nothing like, as the camera's like coming through the woods, like something's. Yeah, it has yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, it that's has... such an iconic scene, man. Iconic. With the it has camera all... coming through the woods. Yeah. From the, has... from the original, I mean, from, from Evil Dead 2, I mean. Exactly. So it's it has those things. It has those elements that makes it feel like an Evil Dead movie. But it is a scary movie. This is a scary movie. This was the scariest movie of this era. It's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. There, now, I am somebody, I don't like 
So it's weird because I'm the spooky literature guy. I love horror literature. You, I can read a story about somebody getting shredded to pieces and ripped apart and their guts eaten, like whatever. Like turbo violence bothers me not at all. I think it's I actually like it. I think it's funny. But um, enter- I think it's yeah, I think it's, it's entertaining in film. I don't like it. I think it's lazy. I think it's gross. It sets off my disgust reflex. It makes me want to barf. And I think that it's lazy. And I think that if you have too much gore in your movie, that means that you're stupid and retarded and you probably shouldn't be making movies. So this has a little bit of gore. It has a little bit, but it's not over the top. It's a, truly a supernatural horror. The color palettes in and of themselves are unique for the time. They're. It, it's probably why it flew under the radar, despite being a Sam Raimi movie is because uh, during this time, he also had another movie called Drag Me to Hell. Yeah, which is, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. The Gypsy Woman. Did you guys like that one? It was kind of uh, it was all, it was okay. dumb, but it wasn't yeah. horrible. I liked yeah. it. I liked it, actually. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, it was. It, was, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was. A yeah. Bit, it was a bit unique, which is nice because everything's yeah. cookie, cookie cutter now. That's yeah. true, yeah. That's true. Sa- Sam Raimi, even when he's trying to be serious a lot of times, there's a little bit of a, I don't know how to describe it, a very kind of um, bubbly, round, silly dream. He's got like some weirdness in there that comes off comical for some reason. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm kind of describing it in a really weird abstract <laughs> way, but you guys know what I'm bubbly. saying. <laughs> I <love laughs> bubbly. That's a weird word. <laughs> <laughs> Weird word, but so next up on my list, I got Jaws. Right, Jaws is yeah, yeah for for like Zoomers and young young people out there. I'm sounding like a fucking boomer. I don't even care. I am I am a I'm a thirty year old thirty six year old boomer now. So Jaws, if you were, were if you were an adult or got to watch movies pre-1995, I guess, if you were born in the 80s at any time, or at least in the early 90s, um, and before you were desensitized and kind of broken down by new effects and all this kind of stuff, if you got to see Jaws, this film was a scary film. It was a scary film. It's about a big-ass shark that eats people. That's literally all that it's about. It is the first blockbuster mega creature feature. And this movie scared people so bad that they started like shooting sharks out of the water. Like people were like scared to go at at beaches and it like hurt uh, like tourism at um, places where there's beaches. That's how scary this movie was for people. It was terrifying. If you go back and watch it today. It's not as terrifying now because we've had umpteen million shark movies and shark shark fucking NATO hurricanes or whatever the hell's going. You got sharks falling out of the sky and, you know, whatever they're doing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. But if you go back and watch this film, it still maintains some of that atmospheric, just the atmosphere that it had before. Everybody knows it's been mean to death. We've done it. Da, 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 da. Everybody's heard that a million zillion times. But when you see it within the context of the film, as the monster, as Jaws is coming to devour, ah, they're splashing. And when that happens, you still get, you're like, oh, it still makes your hair stand up. And it does its job. This film still, it's still, still a good film. It's still a good film that makes you anxious and nervous and, you know, scared of the, the sea, which I am. So one of the one of my favorite parts was Robert Shaw, the actor Robert Shaw. He was he was the uh, evil agent in From Russia with Love. He was a great mm-hmm. actor. He always yeah. played these mean, mean, nasty guys. Or you ever see 
The Taking of Pelham One Two Three. He's in that too. No, that's John Carpenter, though, isn't it? Who? No, isn't that that uh the Pelham one, the Pelham movie. No, it's not John Carpenter, but it's a good movie. It's from the seventies, though. Yeah, it's a seventies film, and he's he he always played. He so he was Quint, you know, the old salty fisherman guy, right, with his little stories and everything. Yes, yes, yes. Robert Shaw was a, just a master at playing kind of a mean, tough guy. <laughs> he was a great actor. Uh, he always made that movie for me. I always thought. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, he's great. I, he's great in Jaws. I must have been yeah, thinking yeah, of yeah. Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I think that's the John Carpenter. Oh, probably. Yeah. That is a yeah. John Carpenter. That, that's another. That's good a good one too. too. Yeah. yeah, John Carpenter is really the master of horror for me. I, oh yeah. Well, I think Dave. I think we have some John Carpenter coming up in just a second on this list here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, we do. All so right, let's, let's number six, it. we got the Amityville Horror. Oh so yeah, Am- yeah, yeah. This movie, I saw this when I was a kid. My parents. This scared the crap out of my parents. This was my parents' generation. It right. scared the crap out of them. And they showed it. They were like real nervous. Show. So they saw it. And, it. and as a little kid, it scared the crap out of me, too. Even though it was even, it was, it was even a little bit dated when I saw it as a kid. Right. This yeah. movie, when did it come out? 1970, something or other. It was a, what makes it so scary is it's really based on a real story. And not like uh, how they say now. Oh, this is big. this was literally a kind of reenactment of what happened at what was called the Amityville Horror House, which is a real uh, spooky house up in New York State. And um, the the house itself with the windows, like I, if you guys look at the, I, I made sure I put the house with the windows on the article, that those two windows, it looked like eyes. That is so iconic. And you just look at that and it gives you the creeps. If you've seen this movie or done any research about the horror house, this movie was spooky from the little eyes floating outside the, the rocking chair by itself. Now, obviously it it's, it's dated compared it's to very old... dated. Yeah. It's not that scary either. Like objectively, maybe for a little kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cause you saw it as a little kid. Yeah. I did see it as a little kid. So, uh, but going back and watching it, it is still a, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a very well-made film. And there are some parts in it that have some, that are they're still eerie, right? They're 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 not going to scare the, the pants off you. That's it's you know they can't compete with a lot of the, the modern productions tools that they have now. But if you go watch, you will appreciate it if you've never seen it. It's a Amityville horror. I wouldn't um, have seen it since like so long. I can't really I, like I saw it on TV like so like decades ago. I'd, I'd have to. I I can't remember it, <laughs> but I should yeah, see, I it. Yeah, I when, see it. I, I will see. I will. I will watch it. I saw it when I was a bit older because it was considered a classic. And I just remember right. not being like scared <laughs> at all. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you had, if you don't, if you didn't see it growing up or anything like that, I think you, that's it. Yeah. You got to yeah. go watch it with the kind of eyes of I'm looking at this, I'm trying to get into the shoes of somebody that was alive back then and never even saw something like this. You know what I mean? This, like this, this is the movie. There's a scene with some flies or something. Yeah. Is yep. there, right. Am I right? Yeah, and it's at the, at the window too that Dave's talking about. Yeah, that's, that's the movie right now. Yeah. yeah, that's also in The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Right. So, um, the next one on the list is uh, I have The Fog, right? Ooh, this, is, nice. this is one of my favorite John Carpenter films. And yeah. this is another one that's it's not really scary. It's you watch it, obviously, it's got some spooky kind of thing. I love this film for its, um, for, for its aesthetic. What a just it's first of all, it's got that total 70s 
retro vibe. And Brendan, Brendan, you know, Brendan is all in on this too. <laughs> yeah. It 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 has the the square ratio. It has the texture that it was actually filmed on real film, real celluloid. It has practical effects. As it that um, the Carpentarian synth film score. It <laughs> yeah. has the the thin beautiful 70s women with the big hair it has big hair and yeah, big tits I was, yeah. that, the woman he went out with isn't it Bardo, what's yeah it's name? his wife i think barbo or wife. something yeah yeah, yeah. She was, she, and they were together a while she was in um escape from new york yes yeah, yeah. yeah. really, yeah. oh really the tits were really out then the yeah tits man were exactly. out then, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she was great though yeah. Oh, yeah oh yeah she was great and you know uh frank miller also frank miller was a, a little kind of like wretchedy little fucking smarmy guy like John Carpenter. And he also hung out with like six foot five fucking bombshells with double D. Wretchedy is true. Yeah. Carpenter looks like a corpse or something. He's always looked like a dying or the living dead himself. Anyways. Yeah. Go on, Dave. So the fog. so, So she was in the fog too. I'm not sure. She, yeah, she, she no, that's her. Yeah, no, that's her. She's that's the her. radio, the that's radio her. woman, the woman that does the. <laughs> oh, okay. They give him the radio, you know, the radio show or whatever. Yeah, that's his wife. That yeah. was his wife. Yeah, beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fog, I just, it's just a, it's what a tremendous. It's just like a gem. It's a gem. It's a classic. Uh, the scene that I, 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 I believe on the Substack, I have the scene where the. The, it's about pirate ghosts like looking for their gold to come out of the fog and everything like that and it's the scene you, you could tell they're using fog machines or i don't know dry ice or something to make the effect and as the, the the blue lights and their eyes glow red and it's just it's such a beautiful it's such a such a visit uh visually interesting beautiful aesthetic for a film and i just love it i just think it's a tremendous film i watch it i've seen it a gazillion times one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Number four, I have The Exorcist, right? The Ooh. Exorcist. I did a whole episode of Culture Dads about this one. This film is one of it's to even to this day, it's a scary movie. Like if you watch this movie, they they blend so much weird stuff. The sounds of like pigs squealing over tracks of bees buzzing in the background. They do a lot of weird stuff. Like uh, during a scene, they'll have uh, an object sitting on the table. And then um, like a second later, it's in a different spot, just in the background. They just do all these like little things to make, to disorient you on a, on a um, subconscious level. Like you you don't consciously think that, but your brain registers these things on the, on the screen. So they do yeah. a lot of weird stuff like that. It's actually a really short movie, but it does so much in it. Um, it's such a it's it's a great movie. It's a great scary movie. And um, uh, The Exorcist actually, when it came out in theaters, they had Exorcist branded barf bags for people because it was making people throw up. That's Amazing. how disturbing this film was when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, they did a lot of experimental stuff in that movie for sure. Or he did. Uh, what was the guy's name? I can't remember now. The director, but I think he just died actually quite not very long ago at all. I remember reading about him dying. Apparently, the director was a complete maniac. He would. Um, there's that scene where the the priest is like uh, the old man priest. He's like t- trying to talk to the girl or whatever. And he's like crying and all this kind of stuff. That's Max Speak- von Sydow, the old. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. That's, yeah, I forgot That's, he was in that. Yeah. yeah. 
And the reason he's crying and he's so upset is because the director punched him in his face nice. and then pushed him onto the set. <laughs> nice. He, I wouldn't punch Max von Sydow. He's like eight feet tall. He did. Yeah. He, he apparently just punched him right in his face and just like turned him and pushed him out on stage. So he's like, <laughs> like really angry and upset and emotional. He's like, wants to kill this guy, but he's got to go yeah. act. So that's yeah. what like added to it. Another one. Um, that I, that I uh, read in the making of this movie, he would keep the director would keep a pistol, and um, at random times he would just go ba 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 in the air and scare <laughs> the shit out of everybody. Be like, okay, action, and like do things like that. And the one scene, this is well, there's two scenes. The one you guys uh, remember where the mom gets like hurled across the the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, they so. did that. I think, I think so. Anyway, he he. Uh, he didn't tell her when they were going to do that and they just did it at random to her and then they, he recorded her real screams and used them and this is probably the kind of this this is kind of sick actually so Linda Blair the scene where she's like oh, oh, help me and she's like getting bounced around in her um in the bed right they had a harness like a contraption that was like flailing her around well, the contraption halfway broke and smashed her against the bed so hard, it actually broke her spine, Damn. like broke her vertebrae. And she, it, it did. Yeah, and she, she, which she still actually has trouble with today. Is she still alive? Or I she, think so. But it like bothered her her whole life. This back injury she had during this movie, and the reason why is because when she got hurt and she broke her back during this thing, she's a little girl at this time. Was she 12 years old or something? She's getting flailed around yeah. repeatedly, smashing her broken back. She's really, really screaming. That's really her screaming and oh, crying. Man. And he's like, keep, no, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> what a fucking wow. maniac. That adds Brit to it, though, for sure. <laughs> that adds to it. You know, fucking, well, some you know, of the best there... movies are like that. Yeah. You were talking about Sam Raimi, and I actually just found out the other day that, uh, you know, that shitty Spider-Man movie he did, yeah, or one of them or whatever. That Macho Man Savage was in that, and as as a wrestler, oh, yeah. Spider-Man throws him, beats him up, and what Macho he Man, the, he's like, uh, uh, he plays, um, he, I don't, he's playing himself, or he's playing the a wrestler. Bone Ripper is ready. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> like that. Yeah, because you were dressed as him the other day. I thought of that too. But like, he did a scene. <laughs> he he had a scene where Spider-Man throws him against the ropes, like oh, repeatedly. Or something like that. And he was offered to uh, have a stuntman, but he's like, no, no, I'm Macho Man Savage. I'll do it myself. But like, they filmed it over and over and over again. And he fucked up, like, his worst injury of his whole career was oh shooting God. that scene in that movie. Oh, fucked really? up his back, like, really bad. Yeah. Just like, he's, he died movie. recently, didn't he? Macho Man? He, he died some years uh, back. It was a while yeah, ago. Yeah. I think he, oh, it was a while ago, huh? Yeah. yeah. I think he had a heart attack while he was driving and just, like, mm. drove off the road. All the WWF guys did. Yeah. So Dave, Bone what's, saw what's... is what he was called. Bone saw. You know, I'm not surprised you could do a good macho man. I'm not surprised uh, at all. All right, what's number, what's number three? I know what the top three are for you. Okay, number three, Halloween. All original, right, there we 1978. go. 1978. Also, go. Two, you got two John Carpenter's. Yes. So we're gonna come back to Halloween. So I'm gonna skip over Halloween. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that one in depth, more depth, I think. Number two, Alien, OG, mm, Ridley nice, Scott, yeah. sci-fi horror. Honestly, yeah. Alien, Alien, and uh, Event Horizon are, I think, indisputably the two best sci-fi horrors of all time. I mean, except, I don't think anyone would argue with that, except for well, I thing. would. 
which is my number one. Yeah. My number one yeah. favorite horror movie of all time is all right. John Carpenter's The Thing. I don't. I go okay. I wasn't thinking of that as a sci-fi horror. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's about a. It yeah, I mean, you know what it is. Okay. Alien. All right. All right. All right. I take it back. I take it it's back. An alien. That's it's my alien. favorite. That's my. Fun. That's my favorite horror movie too. I mean, Brendan, yeah, is that your good. favorite favorite number one horror movie? Um, I find it hard to make these decisions, but I would probably have to say it quite possibly is because like whenever you like, if you want me to make a list like this, like it's, I find it so hard because I know each type of horror genre is like its own universe or whatever. Right. Cause like the ultimate really, I think maybe like my favorite genre type would be like the Italian Spanish seventies era, endless kind of Euro trash films about vampires and stuff like Gene <laughs> Allen and Jess Franco and Mario Bava and all those. What about like Yalo films? You ever get into them? What, yeah, 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 yeah. All that kind of thing, too. Or even like uh, English folk horror, like uh, TV movie. That's a whole universe to its own. But like if you have to think, so we're talking about like mostly sort of American or Hollywood movies or like movies everyone's seen. But like probably I'd have to say the thing. Yeah. If I had to pick one of horror. You're, yeah. you're right. I probably would have to say that, I think. There, I don't there... know what part I want to I want to I want to talk about Halloween alien and the thing in much more depth. But I'm jumping out of my chair here to ask you this. You don't have the shining Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the original Night of the Living Dead on that list. I do not. Where where are you at? Those are those are those are my you know, my top five would be those. And then the thing. Uh, What's where are you at with those three movies? So Texas Chainsaw Massacre almost You're, made the list. Okay, okay. So if I had if I had to make like a top ten of what I think is like objectively the greatest okay. of all time, it would definitely be on the list. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I can accept just, that. You know, it doesn't have. It's just not in my personal tastes. Yeah, you know, I, I like supernatural elements. I like sci-fi elements. I like this kind of stuff. I'm not really a, a like slasher guy. I. Outside of Halloween, right? Halloween, which you could argue has has supernatural elements in it, right? Michael right. Myers is sort of a supernatural, right. uh, you know, entity. But um, yeah, so Texas Chainsaw definitely max. Yeah, they would. It almost made it just because it should be on there, but it's not. I don't go back and watch it. Uh, what was the other one? You said The Shining, and then you said another one. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. So um, Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead. If we're gonna do a top ten best of all time objective. It probably should be on there. It should probably be on there. Um, I just, you know, I'm not a zombie guy. I no. Just, oh shit. Okay. I'm not okay. A zombie guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really love zombies. I, you guys are probably gonna hate my favorite zombie movie. It's my what? Favorite, uh, what my fa- my favorite zombie movie is uh, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, the first one. It's great. I love That's it. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why would we hate it? I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of people are like this is not a zombie movie. That's those are science zombies and the science it, zombies. It does change <laughs> up the format. It changes up the format. They're actually just like they have like mad cow disease and they run. Yeah, but it's, it's still it's so good. It's such a good movie. I actually I've only ever watched two movies back to back. As soon as I finished it, I watched it again, and it was that and The Matrix. Because mm. mm. that one I was just like. Okay, that's the best fucking zombie movie I've ever seen. I, I need to watch that again right now. But uh, all right, and then really the Shining. Like, uh, I like Lucio Fulci's zombie movies. You yeah, yeah. The only one I've seen of his is Zombie, which is yeah, I think I think is the first one he ever made. 
All right. I'm not sure I saw that one. Zombie 2. I'm not even sure I saw that. I've seen Zombie 2 like many times. Though, and that's amazing. <laughs> that's where the zombies fighting the shark and all that and under the water. You ever see that? No, I never oh, saw that one. Oh, you got to see that one. No, that one is amazing. And the soundtrack is amazing. That is, that's maybe my favorite zombie movie, I think. Zombie 2. <laughs> but all his, all his ones are good. What's all the, his series of like From Hell and uh, it's mostly undead sort of ghouls. No, I, I've only ever seen Zombie of his. Oh, he's good. But you know who I really liked is uh, Peter Jackson, and I think he must have been right. a, Ful- a Fulci guy because his earlier movies. Do people do? Do you know? Do you guys know? Like, once Peter Jackson came out and did uh, Lord of the Rings, and then District Nine, and The Hobbit, and all that, did did his fans like go back? The people who missed because I watched his movies like as they were coming out as I was growing up. Yeah, me too. And I'm like, it's such wild, off the wall shit. Uh, and even the Frighteners, did you see that? Yeah, I didn't it's, like that as much, but oh, I uh, loved yeah. it. I loved it. Yeah? Okay. I wanted. Did people go back and and like watch his earlier movies and say like, "What the fuck is this guy? Is this the, is this the guy who did <laughs> Lord of the Rings?" Like, uh, yeah, and you can tell he's like hired his buddies, his like Australian buddies, to like have him out in the movie. There's like these, just like these guys in their Camaros, like charging around, and you can just tell it's like his pals. Yeah, yeah. He's got, I think... he's got his weird. He's got his weird little car with the Beatles thing in the back. You remember that? That's an yeah, one. yeah. I can't believe that's a detail. I he's obsessed with the Beatles. I, I he he's the one who produced that Beatles thing that came out recently too. Like he's obsessed with the Beatles. That's his other. Yeah. Okay. Thing I didn't realize you ever that. see uh, Bad Taste? Yeah. Of yeah, course. Of yeah, course. Yeah, that's yeah. his first. It's so terrible, but it's also <laughs> like hilarious and amazing. Yeah. And that movie is also like him and all of his buddies. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you make a movie, I guess, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, low budget movie. It was, but I think he's uh, I th- the the way his movies are like such splatter fests and the the zombies get like you know macerated and chewed up and uh, he's got to be a and they, and like a lot of um, penetrating trauma. I think he must have got a lot of that from Fulci uh, because his, his zombie movies look a lot different than like um, Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. There's a big yeah, difference. Yeah, there is know? a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has more of a European style, you would say. Um, Peter Jackson than the American style. American style would be like basically it was what's his name Romero. He really yeah. was. Obviously, Dawn of the Dead was classic. Well, uh, horror is. And then my... he got. Go Sorry, go on. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't know. I have nothing to say. I was just gonna say that <laughs> horror as a genre is not one of my favorite genres. Uh, it's it's not one that I watch a lot of movies mm-hmm. in, in that genre, but. Uh, movies like The Thing, Night of the Living Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even The Shining, I consider those like some of the best movies of all time, and they're some of my favorite movies. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is uh, another one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, and you watch it the first time, you're just like, what the fuck? You know, as you're watching, you're like, oh, that is this cheap trash or whatever. And then, like, about halfway or three quarters through, you're so like riveted with horror. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, uh, yeah. You're like appalled. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's it's the most disturbed I ever was by a movie. It like made me feel like sick to my stomach the first time I saw it. Yeah, you do feel pretty I actually I worked <laughs> with I worked with a girl and like totally innocent, you know, young lady. And she said that she had a sleepover with her pals. She will never ever watch another horror movie again because she had a sleepover with her pals when she was, I don't know, twelve or something, and they cho- somehow watched that movie. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, no shit, you'd yeah. be traumatized for life." A twelve-year-old girl, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, "Fucking hell!" It traumatized exactly. me when I was like twenty-something when I watched. It. 
Well, the first the first time I ever saw it, I was on acid, which is crazy. I oh was, no! I know. Oh, and God. and you know what else I saw on acid? Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, which is such oh, my a fucking Jesus, intense movie. I know. I I really had like a masochistic <laughs> streak. Yeah, that that is <laughs> torturous. Yeah, it was so bad. Twin yeah. Peaks is almost a horror movie, to be completely honest with you. That it is, yeah. Bob yeah. and all that, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty, yeah, it is, yeah. It's more horror than anything else, really. But, uh, yeah, I guess so. It's not really thought of that way. All right, so, so Dave. Wait, real real quick. Yeah. You know a movie that my one of my buddies made me watch when we were all dosed up, taking acid? You guys ever what? see Eraserhead? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right, that, right. what a fucking yeah. nightmare. <laughs> yeah, an acid. It is like one long nightmare, yeah. I could not do that. No, yeah. it was terrible. It was the, it was the worst thing. It was traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to sit through that. Yeah, I had a friend who used to love and probably still does actually collecting like the shittiest, shittiest B movies imaginable, and then he'd force you to sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah, so you go over to his house, it'd be like a three hour long fucking stupid <laughs> thing filmed on like a, a hand camera. You know, with these like some guys' buddies pretending to be mutants chasing people around. I remember the titles of these movies. There's one called Escape from Galaxy Three, and we. Used to, I watched that fucking thing probably five times with him. And he'd sit there just laughing his ass off the whole time. And like, it was so yeah. long and so shit. And there'd be these like, <laughs> it's like this uh, Italian super cheap ripoff movie of like, you know, silly little outfits and things. And the bad guy was like a, a black guy with glitter on his face named Oraclon. <laughs> and it was just so fucking retarded. But it would be funny. I mean, it would be it would be it would be funny. But... I, I, I think we must have all had a friend like that because I had a friend who did the same thing, and it was like VHS era, so he had all VHS tapes. Right. But, uh, did you, you know what that the B movies makes me think of? Is uh, did you guys see that documentary? I think it was called American Movie. It was about the two guys making yeah. the, the B. Yeah. That movie. That's was great. So good. I should go watch that again. I They're like seen... in Minnesota or something. The two yeah. metalheads. And the and one guy really all like fried. A... The one guy fried his mind on acid. The little yeah. fat guy. He's, yeah, he's totally, he's totally out of fucking it. He's fried. Totally out of it the whole he's time. A... Yeah. And he just basically does what his friend says. And his friend is like this like auteur director who's like obsessed with making this movie. And he's like, there's a scene where he's like has to put his head through a cabinet door. And he's yeah. Films it over and over again. <laughs> yeah. I need to go watch yeah. that again. Yeah, anyway, let's good. get. Let's get back yeah. to uh, let's talk. We need to talk about the thing in Halloween a little bit. We're going to talk about John Carpenter some more. So, so Dave, let's let's talk about Halloween first. We're going to talk. Hang about on, I'll be right back. My TV just your... came on for some reason. I got to turn it off. I'll, I'll be right back. Hold on. No worries. We'll talk about your top three, buddy. All right. Uh, so well, let's hear what you uh, have to you say. You did ask about me Hall about The Shining uh, for the record. Oh, okay. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like The Shining. I think it's, no. I think it's Why? overrated. I think it's overrated. It's so good though. Yeah, I don't think it's that good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's very good. Well, I don't think it's so bad because I can I can see why people like it, right? It's a beautiful film. It's very artful, very well executed, blah, blah, blah. I just think it's kind of, it's a little gay and pretentious. Oh, oh that's hilarious. <laughs> that you just you me. just said the shining was gay. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 to segue though from that to Halloween, one yes. one of the things that stuck uh, that stuck out to me, I watched it uh, two days ago mm -hmm. as a, as the run up to this. And it's one of those movies where when you watch it later in life, because I saw like, you know, wh whatever, when when I was a teenager, I guess. And uh, it was kind of like. It 
didn't do it for me back then. I thought Michael Myers was scary as fuck. He scared the shit out of me. But it was also, it wasn't Arnold. It wasn't Stallone. You know what I mean? Mm. It wasn't, so it didn't rivet me in that way. But I was definitely scared of Michael Myers more than probably anybody else as a little kid. But More than any other horror movie bad guy? Yeah, I think so. And even to this day, he's probably, he's the best. He's better than Freddy. He's better than Jason. I mean, I don't even want to hear it. He's better than all those guys. However, when you watch it as an adult, having seen like so many more movies, you have, you have an idea in your head of like the trajectory of film. It's so obvious how influential that movie was. I mean, that movie is like one of those films that sort of like birthed a whole, a whole generation of films. I mean, Jason is basically just a fucking carbon copy of him. He's just he's oh, Jason copy. is a stupid. That's Jason just, sucks. He's retarded. Yeah. But we were talking about The Shining. There's a scene in Halloween where Mike Myers is like busting through the door, and then uh, to to get after Jamie Lee Curtis, and he sticks his hand through and he grabs the the handle and opens the door. And I was like, holy shit! This is where this is where they got that iconic scene from The Shining. Of course, Jack Nicholson does this thing where he sticks his head in and says, "Here's Johnny." So it's not the same, but but Halloween is definitely like the inspiration for that scene of the killer with the knife busting through the door, opening the handle from the from the other side. Uh, and the whole movie's like that all the way through the movie. It's just like, oh, this is where they got this idea in this other movie. And this is that would inspire that other movie. Yeah. The only thing before that. Well, I guess uh, I guess there's two. The it's not really the first slasher movie. I guess Texas Chainsaw technically is, and then Black Christmas. Um, right, Black Christmas, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure, isn't Black Christmas the movie that has the famous line, the calls coming from inside the house? I think it's that. Uh, I don't remember that well. I just remember the girl's name, the actress's name is Hussy. I always thought that was weird. <laughs> that is weird. Olivia Hussy. She's be- she's a beautiful girl. but uh, Damn. I only saw that movie once a long time ago. But it was good, though. Yeah, well, it's 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 but but still, though, Halloween is still kind of like the most iconic slasher movie, the genre, the slasher genre that came after that is was inspired by Halloween. Yeah. And also Yalo films. Also Yalo films. Yeah. uh, In fact, um, I would say Michael Myers himself is is a merger of one well of one american films it's a, it's a very american style of film um two yalo films and then three you know uh, supernatural elements because a lot of the old yalo films didn't really have it was a guy with a mask and a knife and that was pretty much it yeah it's basically like, what, like, what's, a, basically like what, a serial killer yeah what ones are you thinking of like can you, can you remember them most yeah, of the yalo films i, I was seen would have been like uh i don't know there was all kinds wasn't it was so many I haven't really even seen them, like as many as I should. What Yellow films to... specifically? Yeah, I mean, I love it. Whenever I see them, I love it, and like everything about it—the music and everything. Yeah, but um, I need to I need to find more of them. Usually, the ones I've seen would have been about like vampires or something, or like like Black Christmas or um, Black Sabbath and that. Is that that's Yellow? Uh, isn't it? That's one of his, or is that a studio? It's like Yellow. You mean Yellow? Like you're pronouncing it? I, I would say get. Like, what do you mean Yellow? You're not talking about. Uh, Giallo. Yeah, you? Is, I'm talking. Yeah, you are. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. you guys, you guys are actual Italian horror. You guys are actual guineas. I don't know. I don't speak your funny talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I pronounce it how it's spelled. Giallo. Yeah, Giallo. Right. Yeah. So all, all those ones. Yeah. Those. That's that classic. Like Lucio Fulci and all of them were really came out of that, didn't they? Like, yeah. Oh, you're so, so, so that's who inspired John Carpenter. In some ways, in some ways, probably, yeah, yeah, they, they, they that was like horror central, like for a long, like through the seventies, they did yeah. so many, I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely, European horror movies, they were like, well, they were so, doing that in spaghetti westerns, really. you know, I I love John <laughs> exactly. Carpenter, I I do, he's one of my favorite directors, but I actually haven't seen, uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen or oh, I think so the good. other one is Dark Star is his first one. Uh, that's not bad. Yeah, pretty good. The yeah. earliest Carpenter I've seen is Halloween. Oh, you got to see Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Dark Star is very amateurish, but it actually has really good parts in it too. But it's very like uh, art school. Uh... Dude, didn't uh, Dan O'Banion work on Dark Star? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. He yep. he was um. Alien. He, he worked on Alien, but he also did that movie that we were talking about, Brendan, Return of the Living yeah, Return, Dead. Yeah, Return of the Living <laughs> Dead. That's great. I love, I that, love movie. that movie so much. Yeah. And that you know, girl, what... that girl oh. in that was probably my first like little kid crush. She drove <laughs> yeah, the me naked insane girl, yeah. when I was a little kid. Insane. <laughs> She's naked for the whole thing. Yeah. And I never forgot it for the rest so... of my life. <laughs> here's a, here's an under underappreciated uh, Carpenter film. You guys ever see Starman? No, it doesn't look. It <laughs> right. doesn't look that awesome. great. I, I like looked I at that. it. I was like, ah, I'm probably not gonna watch this one. Oh it's shit! Pretty I good actually. It. It's actually it's good. not bad. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like. Maybe it's not good, and I just like it. I don't no. know. It's kind of hokey. I think, and it's all like I remember it being. Uh, I don't know. You wouldn't. I I, I forgot he did that actually. I wouldn't yeah, you know what's you know what's like awesome? a romance. You know what's yeah, awesome? Romance. I almost forgot yeah. this detail. In. Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting a little kid and they watch the original The Thing. It's like really? a, you can watch the yeah, and they came out mm. what when did the, the thing come out? 82? So uh, it came out I and, I and I think is Halloween seventy-eight. Probably, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the dates, to be honest. So Dave, you got a so you got a couple things to say about Halloween. There's a couple things I want to say about it too. I just want to say the original the original version of the thing is also excellent. It's not as good. The old black no, and white one. You ever see I've it? heard it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I need to. It's not as good. You guys ever see? Uh, you know who I fucking love? Actually, this is a huge inspiration for me doing this podcast. Actually, is the Cinemassacre guys and the angry Nintendo nerd. Remember them? Mm-mm. You What's guys that? never. You guys never saw them. No, nah. what is it? Oh my god, dude! They had a show called uh, it's called it was called like um, rental reviews, I think it was called, and they had all of their own personal VHS collections, and they set it up like an old blockbuster, like they were inside like a rental movie uh, uh store from the eighties, with movie posters and everything, and they would do movie reviews, and they've made their own movies, and they were obsessed with the first the thing, uh, so. And the one. yeah, the original, but they're also obsessed with John Carpenter. Oh, it's such a great show. Everybody has to go check it out. Rental reviews, it's called. But just go to the Cinemassacre okay. website. Good, eh? uh, mm-hmm. They review they review all this stuff. Um, yeah, they those guys are like a huge part of why I'm doing this. Um, so anyway, oh, back you know, to... oh, I want let me just interject yeah, yeah, a bit ahead, of trivia ahead. trivia since you're saying it, and because I've meant to earlier, but and I forgot again. 
This is pretty hilarious because you're talking about Roger Corman there, Dave, and like all the shitty B movies, and they're yeah. hilarious. He actually, that's where uh, Francis Ford Cop- Coppola got his start. He worked for Roger Corman and he worked and on Scorsese. What, him too? I didn't even know. And, that. I, and I think uh, James Cameron. Really? Oh, yeah. I think I heard that one. Yeah. He's got like a whole so, stable of legendary directors yeah. that came out. And <laughs> yeah. And they're working on these shitty fucking, like, uh, I think Coppola did a lot in that one. What's that black and white one about the beatnik that um, kills people to make sculptures or something? You ever see that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh something about blood buckets of blood or i can't remember what it's called but... that's crazy yeah anyways that's it my that's my trivia that i wanted to get in there all right so halloween halloween i halloween was like uh it was kind of like strangle porn that movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess <laughs> he strangles like two women to death and it's like one of them's like got her tits out and it's like She's moaning and writhing around, and it's like takes a really long time for her to die. I was like, "Oh, John Carpenter knows what he's doing with this." No wonder this movie's so popular. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, he definitely he did a very good job of of um, weaving in the erotic, which is what Yala was known for, right? So. Uh, yeah. The like eroticism and um eroticism and horror have gone hand to hand hand in hand for a long time since the days of the pulps really yeah that's yeah. really where it's where it came from the the OG pulps you would have yeah the covers, covers. Yep, yeah yeah like a like a monster holding a, a sexy lady and her dress is all torn and all this kind of stuff and that's where that's where it kind of starts out from and John Carpenter was very very aware of this. And uh, during this time, you got you got to keep in mind going into the seventies, especially was they're 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 sort of coming out of the the, the like the puritanical fifties and sixties. Um, you know, everybody knows about the um, you know the the hippies and all that stuff, but that was still very much a thing that that kind of miasma of of the like um, longhouse church ladies not wanting anybody to you know say bad words or do anything like just how they're they are now right mm. they didn't want anybody breaking except the now it's like uh teenage guys on twitter yeah except now it's like purple haired the, the the church ladies now are just fatter and have, have purple hair it's just yeah. you know it, it, nothing yeah. changed it's because these people let me tell you these people they don't they're not actually like they don't actually believe in any of this and they didn't believe in any of that back then they're just like hall monitors uh, working at the behest of the longhouse itself because they get banana stickers because they're they're like fucking narcissists and all that so they get they get their rocks off getting you know um it's virtue signaling right they they get to you know uh, jump up the social ladder by uh, barking orders and forcing rules of the behest of of the machine right they don't give a fuck about it and they still don't give a fuck and they never will so it's like you know we're going back so it's, we go to the 70s this is when um, they start to guys start getting some freedom to make movies, make movies. Now, unfortunately, that has has gotten a little crazy. They now it's full of just like rotten, disgusting, subversive, degenerate shit. But during this time, I say that 1975 to 1995 is like the golden age of a film. Okay, right? all right, that's a yeah, good yeah, a good window. Yeah. I think that's yeah. when 
think about it. All of the best movies ever come out in that time period. You the know? 70s was intense, I think. The 70s seemed to me the, mo- to be the most creative period for movies, I think. And I mean, they, that lasted they, into the 80s, but from the, the 60s. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 80s is big budget, though. You know, It's like blockbusters. Yeah, but there was still a lot of good ones that yeah, and that's when it started to go a bit kind of shitty, maybe. But uh, you have to, I think you have to say the '70s is the best decade, though. For film, yeah, I do. Think I mean, so. the '70s doesn't have Terminator Two or, <laughs> or Conan the Barbarian. Well, look, I, man, be- I, I prefer I prefer Terminator One. Well, Conan was 1980, wasn't it when it came 82, out? So, 82, 82. Was... I, oh, I identified okay. I identified 82 to 87 as probably the best five year run because it starts with like the thing. The Terminator and Conan the Barbarian and ends in 87 with like RoboCop, the Lost Boys and everything in between. <laughs> Karate Kid is in there. Uh, <laughs> well, you, that's yeah. that's that's the five year run. But but yeah. I think I think if you got to pick a decade, I'd, I'd have to put the 70s in. Yeah, I think so, too. Like so many like rat like crazy radical movies that were not just horror, like, you know, it seemed like you could go to a movie theater and just see something totally just mind-blowing like you know even taxi driver or star wars or the shining or something you know you just walk in and be like holy fuck even even the thing about the 70s is that uh it was definitely the era of the screenwriter you had that guy who i I forget his name all the time now but he wrote uh i'm mad as hell and i'm not gonna take it anymore what's that newspaper movie i can't believe i'm blanking on the name uh you know what i'm talking about i sort of yeah but I, i don't know the name either Oh, I'll go back to it, but um, John Milius, Paul Schrader, those guys, uh, Francis yeah. Ford Coppola, and of course Mario Puzo was was involved in that. Ah oh, man, but then, don't even. Yeah, but then you have uh, uh, I can't believe I blanked on the name of that movie. But then you have um, a movie like Halloween and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where the writing wasn't the strong point. It was the atmosphere and the ambiance and the mm-hmm. vibe. And then you had something that I don't think has ever really been replicated since then. But the overall vibe of those Blade two, Runner. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's yeah, a whole right. different yeah. a whole different vibe. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It's way more about the atmosphere than it is about like the script, you know? Um the 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 fact that Michael Myers just kind of stands there. And stares at you, and like that's all he does. The fact that they pull that off and they make it so scary is like you can't. You have to be an auteur to do that. Yeah, they had a good yeah. actor, and they had a good director, and the Michael Myers, like the fact that he's not like raised from the dead. He's not a zombie. You know what I mean? Although I guess at the end they kind of make it like he's undead. I guess right. I mean. They kind of don't explain in the first. They don't really explain it, but he does get shot and fl- falls off a balcony and get and disappears and gets up and walks away. Yeah, but they don't yeah. say anything about it. But uh, I don't know the the music too. That I think probably yeah. Halloween is the best. I mean, I think it's the best score, not the best score, but the best theme song. Yeah. So uh, when yeah. I when I break down horror, like what makes what makes horror. And this is something that, you know, I, I've done, a, a you know, since I've started the Bizarre Archives, I've done probably over a hundred, you know, sh- show appearance. And Network. It, Network is the movie I was trying to th- I can't believe I blanked oh, that. Go right. on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Network, Go on. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. No, you're good. Um, I've been asked a million times, like, 
what is horror? What makes something horror? And then it, because there's a lot of back and forth. So I actually went in and I, I started to break it's it actually down. actually a better question than it seems like a simple question. It's actually a really good question. It is a really good question. You know, it's not a question you would think is hard. It's hard yeah. to answer until yeah. you start to talk about it. Well, what exactly. is horror? Is this horror? Because it's just because it's scary. Or what? What is, is is the word horror and the word terror and are these inter are these exchange um, interchangeable? It's like you know. So I broke down horror and I kind of developed a philosophy of what is horror. And when you look at this, it really explains why Michael Myers stands out from so many of these other like slashers or characters or whatever, why Michael Myers is kind of the king and why the first one is the best one. I know Brendan, Brendan likes the, the weird third one. Like I he, never he, saw that, but it's it, weird. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I, People like weird. the, uh, it, it, with this, it what's the song? The little, and like the creepy little, yeah, it's great. It's it, so it, unusual. It's so fucking crazy. It doesn't have uh, Mike Myers in it, I think. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it's I like it a lot. You don't like that one, Dave? Is that the case, or what? You yeah, have no I, time I, for it. I I don't I know dislike it's, it. It's just it's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it. weird old Irish guy, and he's <laughs> trying to destroy the world with his. He, he's brought Stonehenge or something into his studio with his robots. I mean, the whole thing's fucking nuts. <laughs> It is the well. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Uh, I like it better than all of the other Halloween movies. I don't like any of the other Halloween. All the ones since, yeah. You mean you like the first one? You're saying you like the first one the best? To me, the first one is the only one. The second one isn't bad. It's okay. I don't mind it. It's not too bad. But then they start adding in too much lore, and then you begin to, when you start to understand what and who Michael Myers is too much. Oh yeah, you can't give away the mystery. Yeah. When I when I break down horror, I say that horror. And it's um, in its purest form is at least some of each of these qualities, right? You have four elements, in my opinion. You have fear, disgust, weirdness, and the uncanny. And uh, these things might not even sound, especially weirdness yeah. and uncanny. Yeah, but you're right, things? though. You're right. Sorry, so, I'm just, I'm just. No, go ahead. Say- so the weirdness is I'm so glad you added the weirdness in because uh, if it is if there's not something a little strange going on, it's not quite as creepy. And and Mike Myers is definitely strange. <laughs> it's definitely you're definitely sitting there like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And it it, it makes you uh, uneasy. Exactly. So when we <clears throat> so I'm going to try to just keep it succinct and explain these as uh, as quickly as possible. So. uh f- fear right let's start with fear what is fear people will know what fear is but fear is um the um, like the hormonal biological response to danger is what it is stimulation invoked when uh you're presented with a fight or flight situation it's like a survival mechanism right and um you know it's it's uh, something in your body that goes on to make sure that you stay alive now, as we like live in modernity and as we go further into hyper modernity, we uh, don't feel these feelings anymore, it, which was a absolute massive part of the human experience for most of our existence was this fear of uh, we could be eaten by something. And then later on, uh, well, we're, we could be attacked at any time or like, you know, real few, you had real fear before we were protected by wall to wall. 
uh, carpet and um, you know climate control and cars and everything. Blah, blah, blah. We had we really felt fear, so we now have this chunk of our of the human experience completely missing from us. So we have to fill that void with the simulacra. Right, which is which is uh, horror movies and fear. We crave it. It's a yeah. You know, it's it's like addictive, right? And then obviously everybody knows what disgust is. Disgust is so fear and disgust. Disgust is like um, it's like a visceral reaction to that which is like unclean or diseased or misshapen or gross or depraved. You know, it's a um, it's an instinctive biological avoidance of anything that could like make you sick or be unsafe to eat, or be around, or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you see this a lot in, you know, body horror. Um, uh, gore gives the disgust effect, right? Um, everybody knows what disgust is. So this gets woven into it. A lot of times you'll see, like, uh, just you ever notice in horror movies, sometimes things are just drippy for no reason. Like, everything's just, like, moist for no reason. It's like, what is <laughs> What? You know what I'm talking about? Like there'll be like like fog and people are sweaty and there's like things leaking yeah, the, and the, the Freddy Krueger uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is like that. Exactly. Freddy Krueger is a very drippy character. Exactly. Okay. Pay attention. Sometimes you, beads you know, of moisture. Yeah. Was that beads of moisture? I said. No, don't mind me. Yeah. No. Of course. Yeah. But no. Right. Seriously. Wait, yeah. Pay attention. Sometimes you'll be watching a horror movie and they're just like walking down an alleyway and there's like splashes and drips and the sound because the sound of 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 liquid of moisture because liquid and moisture carries disease. For most of human history, we drank more beer than water, more alcohol than water because it was <laughs> right. safer to drink. Water was dangerous to drink, so we didn't forget that. That's still in our, that's an instinct that we have that the sound of moisture and the sound of water and the sound of drippy things is something that is, is dangerous to us on a very kind of um, primordial level. So disgust goes into this, right? So right. the uh, two more elements, and some people would say that would, would be, oh, why are these things different? Weirdness and the uncanny. So weirdness, weirdness. We're going to dig into some kind of uh, fucking galaxy brain theological stuff. Here. So <laughs> okay, uh, the word weird, uh, which comes from the Saxon word weird, which means um, it's which is coterminous with the Hindu word uh, urta, which means order. So in in um, Indo-European metaphysics, there is I'm sure everybody familiar with the words like Dharma and Karma from the Hindus. Well, in in Indo-European Western uh, theology, uh, they understood they understood these words to mean uh, like weird or erlog. So um, what this means is the overlaw. Weird is the immanential processes of reality that order all things: time, fate, fucking physics, you know, gravity, pretty much all of the governing laws that that uh, order reality is. Uh, weirdness so when you say the word didn't change when you say something well, you're like, wow that's weird that means that it's kind of sidestepping that which we understand to be natural right so weirdness is a way to depict that which is surreal or unreal or um subnormal or supranormal or you know anything that's kind of above or below how we understand and perceive reality so weirdness is that 
right? I know that's kind of a fucking big brain. I hope I explained that right. I know no, that's good. That sounded good. I remember weird in uh, it's in Beowulf, isn't it? When you read it Beowulf, it's, it's mentioned quite a few times. It's also like, yeah. in uh, Shakespeare and Mac- Macbeth. Is it? Yeah. I believe the weird well, sisters. How does right? he use it? What What is he? Oh, the you weird sisters. Yeah. Yeah, the weird sisters. The weird sisters. All right. What's we should the... go back to the old spelling of it too. That's much cooler. Way yeah. cooler. Way cooler. What's the context in Beowulf though? I don't remember that. I don't remember either. I remember reading it and coming across it a few times. Yeah. So it's um, it's exactly what it what it means. So uh, I'll have to go get my copy of Beowulf, and that's that. That's a whole other thing. We'll we'll, we'll yeah, open okay. that can of worms another time. Well, your your yeah. co-host Mike is a fucking Beow, Beowulf scholar, dude. Yeah, well he he published. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he published the whole. He definitely knows what he. He's you, awesome on Beowulf. Oh man, he's awesome on like everything. He the guy's a fucking genius. But um, uh, so the fourth element that I apply to horror, right? We have fear, uh, disgust weirdness and then what i call and what people everybody knows the uncanny right the uncanny is anything that's like odd or mysterious but not like weirdness is uncanny is things that are like um you know like the uncanny valley which describes like unexplainable it's an unexplainable kind of like um emotional response to something that is um human-like or not even doesn't have to be human-like it has to be anything that that is um, vaguely familiar but holds unfamiliarity, right? They had to invent an, a word for this, the, the uncanny valley, right? It's, it's something that you you can look at, and when when you look, if you look up uncanny valley, it'll be like like human robots and stuff. But this could apply to anything. For example, if you watch, you know, the thing, the thing is loaded with the uncanny, right? You have like human skulls that like stand up upside down sprout spider legs and you know that's the uncanny it looks like something that is familiar but it's also not familiar at the same time it's like this vague in between of familiarity and that is uh you know shocking right that's that's part of the whole thing so when you take those four elements and you put them together you get horror in its purest form so going back to michael myers michael myers um has he himself um, doesn't necessarily have every single element, but the movie Halloween in the world that Michael Myers lives in has all of these elements. The first one, and probably the strongest one, in my opinion, is probably the fear element that Michael Myers uh, introduces. So Michael Myers is might as well be some sort of uh, prehistoric predator, right? Um, what? Why do we fear? Why do we fear? Why do we have fight or flight? Why is that instinct there? Because there are things out there once upon a time, at least were, and still could be if you go out into the forest and the deep sea, that are bigger and stronger and faster and superior to you in every way. And there's nothing you can do to stop them if they want to fucking eat you. There are things out there beyond your ability that will hunt you, right? So Michael Myers is one of these creatures he invokes that primordial fear that fight or flight of i'm about to be prey right he like his victims are on the food chain and they are below him that's what he evokes disgust right disgust uh obviously because people die in the movie people uh, get stabbed there's well there's not that much blood in the movie it's completely implied which is really brilliant but um there's 
a lot of disgust involved with it. He's holding a knife, right? He, he, not only is he, is he holding just like a regular knife, he's holding a chef's knife. That's a knife that you use to eat food. That's something that, that is a tool you associate with eating. And he's, he carries it around and you know that he's murdering people with it. So he has a disgust element with, with his, even within his character, even though it's a little bit more uh, implied. And obviously with the killing and the blood and, you know, strangulation and watching people die. So the weirdness, right? Michael Myers next to fear is weirdness is completely up there. Michael Myers, you can run full sprint from this man, right? Get in your car, drive you know, 60 miles an hour, 10 miles away, and he walks out from behind a fucking fence, right? The, the laws of reality do not apply to Michael Myers. He is something else. The laws of, of locality seem to not apply to him. The laws of time seem to not apply to him. You know, all of these things... The things that we understand that that confine human beings to this to like uh, being, um, you know, uh, entities or creatures or people that are things that are on your level. Right. If you if a human being, it doesn't matter. Am I still here? Are we still connected? Oh, yeah, we're going. Yeah. We're, okay. we're cruising, man. Sorry. I was like, uh, I'm uh, got You're lost ranting. Yeah. It's a rant. So <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's good. It's good. So, yeah. Where was I at? Weirdness. So uh, a regular person, even a guy, whatever, if he's if, if a guy comes at you, regular guy got a knife. Yeah, that's a scary situation. You could die, you could get hurt. But that's a dude. You know, if you pick up a rock and you hit him in his fucking head, you know that if you kick his ass and he he like forty years pass, he's not going to be like physically able to be that guy anymore. He's he's bound by time. He's bound by age. He's bound by the laws of nature and the things that that. Uh, give him his mortality. Michael Myers has none of that. Michael Myers can pop up 60 years from now and still be the same Michael Myers. Michael Myers is weird. He is weirdness to the uncanny. Look at how he moves. That is not how a human being moves. He is very kind of um, very confident in his moves. They're very kind of um, he's almost he's almost like an apparition. He's almost ghost, like ghostly, how with how he moves, this is his movement in itself, how he like turns his head to look at people, all of this kind of stuff. Um, he is very uncanny. He looks, he has humanoid visage, right? You look at it, you're like, this is the figure of a man. He doesn't talk. He doesn't make eye contact like a man does. He walks slow. He has uh, inhuman strength. All of the above. This is something, it looks human, but it's not. He is uncanny. So Michael Myers ties all four of the elements of horror together in a masterful way, along with um, a lot of like uh, what, what Lovecraft would describe as, as like mood, right? He's very, Lovecraft is, is very uh, concerned with, um, with mood, he says, "All that a wonder." I, I'm, I'm, you know, paraphrasing, so I'll probably. He says, "All that a, a wonder story, a wonder story in his time. A wonder story just means like a, a fiction or a supernatural tale or anything, right? Could be Halloween. The movie is a, a a wonder story in Lovecraft's lexicon. He says, "All a wonder story can ever be is a certain, um, like certain flavor of mood, is what he's talking about. And what he's what he means is that." 
the atmosphere that is created around it is just as important or more important than the story itself. And Michael Myers and Halloween is a shining example of this. How many times does Jamie Lee Curtis come dripping and roaring out of her house, screaming at the top of her lungs, and nobody's there? It's a it's a fucking suburb. It's like the 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 picturesque, perfect American suburb that she lives in. And when she's in the most trouble, most danger, shrieking and screaming, where are our neighbors at? They're gone. Right? That mood of loneliness, of aloneness, of helplessness trapped in this um, place that is supposed to be a sanctuary safety, your neighborhood. Right. And she, she's all by herself as this monster hunts her. And that is why Halloween is one of the best, the blues, the color palettes, the, the, there's some, some shades of green, right. The, uh, and it gets contrasted with the reds and the oranges of the glowing candles of the Halloween decorations, it's just, it's it's so many layers of masterful as far as setting mood. You know, the music, we don't even got to talk about the music. You guys already know, right? <laughs> the, yeah. this, the, the, the notes that he chooses, kind of the um, the way that, the, the way he does it, the, 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 just everything about it, the, his music is just, and I don't even think John Carpenter, uh, if you're like, why did you make the music like that? He probably wouldn't be able to tell you. He, but like, oh, no, I'm pretty weird. sure I remember reading that uh, he basically learned how to play music as he went because he had to do the soundtrack on his own. I think that's what he did for Dark. Yeah, Star. that's what it feels like. It feels like yeah. very, like that's why there's a great innocence and like uh, when you come approach something from that naivety, it can actually be very good and creative when you. Yeah, because they're simple too. Like all those soundtracks. outsider art. Yeah, outsider art. Yeah. Like his, I thought my favorite of his is actually his soundtrack to uh, Escape from New York. I really like that one. There's some really good ones on that, but it's all very kind of simple, little synthy, you know, single key, maybe some chords or whatever. But it seems like a an, a, a naive approach that works well. To I me. might have to go back and uh, listen to that again. I don't remember it, but you know, oh, I, didn't, I didn't think that movie. When I was a little kid, I fucking loved that movie, but. Rewatching it, I didn't think it was as good. Like Halloween is way better. They live and uh, Big Trouble in Little China are both way better than Escape from New York. The thing is, obviously... uh, probably yeah, but I do think it has the best soundtrack of them all. I, I think. yeah, I gotta go back and listen to it again. But yeah, what's that other one he did? That's like Lovecraftian. It's not as good, but it's not bad. Uh, no, Mount, mountains in the mouth of, of madness. In, in the, the mouth, mouth of madness. madness. That mouth yeah. of madness. That was it. Yeah. And th in that one, it sounded like he he was trying to rip off uh, Enter Sandman or something. He had a, he had a guitar like based uh, theme song that sounded like it sounded like Enter Sandman to me. Yeah, you know his you know his soundtracks better than me. But yeah, I remember reading that like he didn't even know how to play when he he made these, which is gr which is great. I agree with everything Dave's saying about Halloween. I think uh, one of the reasons I liked bringing up the mood and the vibe of the 70s movies, uh, I, I liked to contrast Texas Chainsaw and Halloween because Texas Chainsaw is just fucking pandemonium. It's just craziness. You have the loud sound of the chainsaw. You have the girls screaming constantly through the whole movie. You have uh, Leatherface running all around, and you have uh, the, the hitchhiker brother who's just a complete psychopath. I love mm. that. I love that character. 
he's a complete madman and he's like hopping around. Yeah. He's lighting himself on fire or he's lighting the pictures on fire <laughs> and cutting yeah. himself in the hand and stuff. And he's screaming. But then you have Halloween and it's the complete opposite of that. It's Michael Myers doesn't make a sound. He never runs. He, you know, he stands there menacingly and stares in the window at you. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the Texas Chainsaw family would just bust right through the window and, and come in and scream at you and get you. Um, yeah. So I think I think I love comparing and c- contrasting those two movies. I like uh, Texas Chainsaw, the part where, you know, the part where I feel like it transitions into genius. Like, okay. at first of all, at first of all, it's like where it's where that guy you're talking about, the brother yeah. is in the van. And he's being super creepy, and then he chases him and puts blood over the van. Yeah, it's amazing. And then you get a you get a, hor- a horrific feeling inside yourself, like, oh god, this is actually going to be scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then the part where it's kind of like schlocky and seems like uh, what's the word, like a B movie ish for a little while, and then around the point where he comes out, the actual Leatherface comes out, he grabs the girl, and there's like hardly any music up to that point, and he slams shut this metal door. Uh... And all of a sudden, there's a music. There's like a like a ominous keyboardy music or something. And it's like, oh my god, this is Dude, like intense. <laughs> I love that you just brought that up. That part, I remember the first time I ever watched the movie. I remember the moment I saw that first part the, for the first time, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Dude. it's scary. <laughs> yeah, that's so. Every time I see that movie too, that that scene, I'm like, this is just perfect. This is just absolute perfection. It's, it coincides with the door slam, and uh, yeah, and that's when that's when the movie really just you're in hell after that. Point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's been, like it's got nothing really to do with it ultimately. Oh, I mean some things, but maybe part of the real horror of that is that it's based on tr- the true story of Ed Gain or whatever. Yeah, like, like if you, so... if you look into that serial killer shit, I mean, I've done it a few times, and I I always have to stop myself because you're curious about it, and then you just get so, it's so blackpilling. It's to see. so bad. It's awful. Oh fuck! And like, I don't know, but yeah. to I, to have it somewhat based on that probably adds to the horror. Yeah, that's why it's yeah. Well, anyway, we got to talk about the thing, man. For 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 those of you who've made it this far, I have an episode on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You absolutely have to. to it's one of my crowning achievements. But uh, we got to talk about the thing, though. We can't we can't end without talking about the thing. Dave, yeah. do you have a spiel for that before me and Brendan give our thoughts? Oh yeah, I mean we could. Um, so I don't mean go- to, I don't want to skip Alien. But I don't know if we're gonna have time to get to Alien. But uh, if maybe if we do at the end, we'll do an addendum for Alien. But uh, what's your what's your spiel on the thing? So the thing is genius. It's just uh, absolutely genius. Um, it goes like if we go back to the four elements of horror, right? The fear, disgust, weirdness, and the uncanny. The thing had delivers all of it in bunches, right? The thing itself. How does it get introduced? Uh, starts out there's a helicopter chasing a dog right um, the dog carries this uh, is this this entity so what is what is so terrifying about this thing is it is truly a lovecraftian style of of um, monster it's clearly intelligent um, it is a parasitic entity right it's sycophantic it it, uh, I don't know if it, this is how it feeds or whatever. None of it gets explained, by the way, of what 
the thing is. It's just the movie, the whole premise is that we don't know what it is. It's called the thing, right? When you say, oh, that thing, that is by omission admitting that it has no discernible qualities to it to you know, give it something other than just basic vague thingness, right? So what the thing is, is this uh, shape-shifting entity that comes in and uh, preys upon the humans of this thing, of this uh, place, right? The, the scientists in, in Antarctica, they are prey. They are on the food chain. Now, what is a little bit different and what is so brilliant about the thing, which makes it different than, say, Michael Myers or Jaws or something that chases you and hunts you and you can run away from, the thing exists within uh, your not just your safe vicinity, like your neighborhood. It exists within your social circle, within your in-group, and it takes the form of you don't know who. So this breaks down the absolute most uh, crucial and um, the most crucial element that gives comfort and everything to humanity, to human beings, is uh, the familiarity and the trust of in-group. Everything, everything about uh, the human experience is built on trust. Everything we understand is about trust. Right? Everything from the dollar is, is, is trust. Everything that we know about reality is based on trust. It gets told to us. We trust that it's true. Right? Everything is trust. So when trust gets broken down and also like look at speculative uh, usury and marketing and all this kind of based on trust before you can even sell a product, people have to trust that product. They have to trust your brand. This gets something that is taught everywhere throughout marketing, throughout business, throughout finance, throughout everything. Trust is more valuable than than money, right? Because all of our reality is based on it, based on this, these assumptions of trust. So when something is in there that is beyond your comprehension, that breaks down your trust, it creates paranoia, right? You no longer, no longer are you not in a safe space. You are not like safe within yourself anymore. So it creates this fear factor that is far more advanced and deeper uh, emotionally, cognitively, all of the all of the above. It is more dangerous on a deeper level than anything like Michael Myers or Jaws or Cujo or freaking aliens or whatever. Right. And um, it creates fear. Right. Disgust. Look, dude, I don't even got to explain this. Look at the monstrosities it turns into. The more than like any other movie. I mean, nothing is on the level of the thing with that kind of thing, with the with the with the with the monsters. Not is that even the right word though? The mutations, I guess I should call it. Yeah, I mean, the, you can't even call it a monster, can you? Fucking grotesque unnameability. Well, yeah, what do you call it? I guess yeah. <laughs> Mutation, I guess. Abominations. Yeah, uh, unnatural. It's pretty thing. much exactly the story. Uh, who was I talking to? You? Was it you, Dave, or maybe it was Astro? I don't know, so, about the story. Like, it's, it, if you read the story, I think it's Richard Matheson. He also wrote like uh, "I Am Legend" about the vampires taking over the world. You know that one? Yeah, you were talking to me about this, but I haven't read it though. Oh, it's so good. But it's yeah. the movie is pretty much uh, like the original old black and white one deviated from it a lot and changed it but it was Car- carpenter like made the exact made, pretty much made the book exact that's amazing but in the book if you read the book 
it's really about that uh, paranoia of not knowing who's who. And it like makes it even more uh, crazy and like uh, accentuated. Like that, that part of it is really what it's all about. Like not knowing who is, who's, who's what. Exactly. That's, that's what it's about. It sounds exactly. like an amazing book. It's great. It's short. It's like a no- novella. You can get it. I have it here somewhere. Yeah, and this, this, but the 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 abominations in this are themselves. They seem very Lovecraftian. Is is does the book have the the people getting their bodies mutated and and deformed? yeah, it's not that they're it's not that they're mutated. It's like it takes over. It re, it, it it it's the thing itself. It re, it recreates a version of them. Or it kills them and then it mimics them. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but um. Yeah, that's it's pretty much the book. Like, and it doesn't change from it too much. Just that in the book, that uh, there's longer conversations between them all and trying to figure out who's who and who's possibly the real thing. And uh, that there's a bit more of that in the book. But yeah, no, he was he was he was loyal to the story because it's funny when you see that. Like a lot of movies change it completely, and it's funny when you come across one. I actually, you know, what's really good too is the, there's a the story for they his they live. Is actually from a. It's one of the shortest stories I ever. It's like a two-page story. I had no idea that was a story. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's great. It's the best shortest story ever. <laughs> I forget, but it's called a day. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it, the guy's name is John Netta. The same. It's slightly different in that he. Um, it just starts out like it's so short. It just it, he's a. It says something like he's he went to a hypnotist and then he, he woke up when the hypnotist said wake up he woke all the way up. And he looks through the audience and the crowd, and he can see all these weird reptilian type people there. And like, just like in the movie, he immediately goes on a fucking bloodbath <laughs> rampage of killing them all. <laughs> and it's great. It's just like a little two page, maybe three page story. It's so short. One, one and get, thing he got a whole movie out of it. Isn't I the guy's it. name uh, Nelson that wrote the? the I don't like... remember. I, I just remember reading. You can read it online. I saw it somewhere. Like, uh, it I believe it's like. Um... Yeah, it's like I think his name's Ray Nelson, and it's something like um, like six six in the morning or something. I can't. Remember. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, six in the morning or yeah, yeah, that's what's called. Yeah. You yeah, know what I good. I love about Carpenter? I think this is the mark of a truly great director. Is that uh, you you? They live and Big Trouble in Little China kind of have the same vibe. They're almost like the same movie in a in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh. But then you compare and contrast that to the thing and 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 Halloween, it's totally different. They're totally different. And for a director to be like Scorsese, I love, but he kind of like does the same thing over and over again. You yeah, know? he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And 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 Coppola kind of in a way, maybe not so much as Scorsese, but John Carpenter does not do that. The the, the ha- Halloween and the thing are two totally fucking different movies on every level on every level and yeah. in, in the yeah. best way possible and and halloween well honestly you know you know i'll say i'll say the thing as well neither one of them has the quirkiness that uh big trouble and they live have those are kind of like funny fun goofy movies mm-hmm. uh especially big trouble in little china it's like half comedy but <laughs> the thing it's a weird movie it's, it's such a weird movie if you think about it yeah, it, little China. it's like mean, so weird, like as a concept, like what the fuck? Like, yeah. And do you mean weird in the sense that it's like action, horror, comedy? Yeah. It's yeah, everything yeah. about it. Like, what, <laughs> what the hell is it? I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. 
it's, yeah, it's not something I think about. I always forget that one actually, but I love I love it. It's good, yeah, and it has horror in there as well. And kinda. even Kurt Russell, man, even Kurt Russell going from, uh, he's a good character actor. He he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's a lot different in. Uh, and this is a mark of a good actor. He's a lot different in Escape from New York than he is in The Thing, and and then he is in Big Trouble. He puts on a totally different role. Pretty much, yeah. I like him in The Thing because he's so oddly dressed <laughs> and like just tough and quiet. And I don't know. Yeah, he McReady, is cool. McReady. He he ham he hams it up in uh, Big Trouble, and he's got a bunch of one liners. And he did that movie. I think it was Captain Ron, right? That funny boat movie. I never saw that time. actually. I never yeah, saw it's it. pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, but he's very serious and quiet and restrained in the thing, like you said. And he's he also makes the... a good tough guy. He seems tough to me. Like you can believe he's tough. Yeah, he really comes across like a hero in that movie. I think he dies in the end, though. I was so fucking disappointed. Well, I they leave it open. To... They, they, it doesn't say. It leaves, yeah, it but I, I, me- I know they tried to, but I remember, Dave, what do you think? What's the final word here? Is On Dave the thing? Saying, yeah, does, does Kurt Russell die in the end? I do think they leave it open, but I was like, yeah, this guy's not going to make it. Mm, I don't I Here's the thing is uh, I've invented so many endings like his <laughs> I I part I think that Kurt Russell is the thing. Oh, um, really? I don't know why. I just think that. Yeah, you know, good... you know that you know that, and the soundtrack. Funny thing about the thing is, the soundtrack could easily be um, by Carpenter, right? It's actually by Ennio Morricone. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's just a simple. It's a very Carpenter little simplistic, you know, synthy note being repeated. I, uh, well, I, I remember in the opening scene where it's a the helicopters flying in i think yeah that and the and the music playing it's like perfect absolutely perfect yeah. oh yeah well marconi was the great genius he never did a bad one i don't think yeah well, that. no not at all not at all there's lots of wop geniuses that make make music and stuff like that yeah you know you know who else you know who else is is the guy who does david lynch's movies is Oh, Battlemente or whatever. He's an Italian who does creepy synth music too. <laughs> he died. He died recently too. I think. I think he died like last year or something. Yeah, you know what's crazy is he's the guy. I never would have believed this was him making that music. He's the guy what? in Mulholland Drive who spits the espresso out in the napkin. You remember that scene? Is he? That's no. him. Really? It's That's insane, like. right? He looks so creepy. He yeah, looks fucking I, creepy I as no shit. Idea. In the well, I was like disappointed. A... I'm like, damn, I can't believe this is the guy. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he was scary looking. <laughs> that was a good scene. Man, you know. They the should have made that into a series. It would have been better as a series. It was going to be. You know, it was going to be, right? Yeah, it would have been good. He was setting it up like Twin Peaks. It looked like it would have been great. Yeah. I wish they would have done it. It's a fucked up movie. You know, that's kind of a horror movie, too. David Lynch is kind of like yeah. a horror fucking director, actually. He yeah. is, really, yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 little, the little weird guy living in the back of the restaurant when they oh, go around and look at him and all that. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. scene, I don't know if you remember the scene where you, you find her dead body. They find her dead body. It's like so disturbing. And the final scene where she shoots herself in the face is like... I mean the the psychological torment that his characters go through is just like unrivaled. 
There's a lot of weird shit in that one. That that weird little evil cowboy guy. He was like kind of cute looking, but he looks so, so fucking sinister as shit. Like he's so fucking weird and creepy. <laughs> yeah. he's like the Who creepy. the fuck was that? I never saw it. No, he, he was so. Like that. That's the thing. He's so random. He's yeah. the most random character. But yeah. uh, all right. So you know, I wanted. Oh, I want to say this earlier too. You guys, what do you think of the movies? Uh, Phantasm. That's a good seventies movie. Oh my or god! Or Phantasm Two is pretty good as well. I saw both of those as a kid. I never would have remembered either of those. Like they got weird stories. Like it starts out as kind of a gothicy uh, cemetery horror, people getting killed. But then it turns out, then it's like science fictiony. Then it turns out that they're aliens stealing people to and turn them into these little creatures on some weird planet <laughs> or something. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, you have a good memory, man. I saw both of those movies as a kid, but. I don't remember the. No, they're good, especially the first one. It's good, yeah. Amazing fucking muscle car in that. So it's a Hemi. Uh, nice. A fucking excellent car. <laughs> uh, Barracuda. It was a Barracuda. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like those. I like that movie. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I like it. Speaking of WAPs, it wasn't that uh, directed by uh, WAP. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you guys are the masters of horror. Yeah, I guess so. Apparently. Yalo films, you know, all these guys. You know, I almost wonder, like, should I go back and watch some some more Lucio Fulci movies? I remember. You should. Oh, you should. I read an interview with an Italian director, and I can't remember if it was him or Dario Argento, but they said something like, why do you have so many women get killed by being stabbed in your movies and he's like because it's sexy it's it's hot when i see a woman get stabbed <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm like i fucking like this guy <laughs> i'd say it was argento to be honest i, I think it was argento. it might i think it was argento yeah because he did have a lot of that a lot of that actually yeah because fulci was more like zombies and stuff yeah and that's all he had to say he thought it was sexy and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like good good for you <laughs> yeah nice nice good soundtracks on some of his ones too uh goblin and stuff some do you, good music do you, you you seem to know the soundtracks so well. Do you listen to them on their own or you remember from watching the oh, movie? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I listen to them a lot, yeah. Yeah, no, see I That whole era it. in fact, like there's that not just horror though, as well, that whole 70s and early from 60s into the 80s. Again, that's the other thing was just the music that was going on especially in the movies because it was like especially in Italy as well. There was like uh that was the really the high era of Ennio Morricone and those guys as well, right, but there was like right. uh it was orchestral, but it was a bit like rock and roll as well. And there was this influence of like Brazilian bossa nova or something. Jeez. <laughs> and this crazy jazzy noise stuff. Like think of the soundtracks of Marconi and how different they were and how just the weird sounds and things he would do. Like, I don't know. You should you should totally wildly sound- original stuff. Some What's soundtrack. That? You should send me some soundtracks to listen to. Oh yeah, I can do that, yeah. You know what else that? that was the era of? And I think it it kinda has the same vibe, uh Thinking like the hills have eyes, some of these synth synth soundtracks. The seventies definitely had this weird, creepy, eerie vibe, and heavy metal comic books were coming out around those times. Mm-hmm. And also, um, what's his name? Mobius too. A lot of his yeah. comics and stuff. They had that. They had that weird, otherworldly, interdimensional, psychedelic, psychedelic. yeah, psychedelic vibe. Yeah. But I yeah. just remember, uh, did Mobius ever draw for heavy metal? He must have. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He, did. yeah, he started out for. He started out for Metal Hurlant in the French version, which is the original version, which okay. literally, literally translate to, translates to Howling Metal, which is great. Which is amazing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that was the original one, yeah. And all those, there was a lot of good artists uh, from that, those comic book artists. 
And then Mobius worked on uh, worked with Dan O'Bannon as well on. Did he? Um, and not only that, he worked on the comic that inspired Blade Runner in, in many ways. And he worked. Oh yeah, he worked with um, uh, what's his balls? The um, Jodorowsky. Jodorowsky. Yeah, on, right, yeah, yeah. He did uh, the Ink Call, which right. which yeah. later became Meta Barons. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So the viewer, uh, the listener to this episode, you have to watch Jodorowsky's Dune. That is a fucking. You cannot miss that. I'm pretty sure Dennis Villeneuve directed that. He's the guy who did uh, Blade Runner 2049, which that movie tries to recapture that that 70s eerie otherworldly vibe. Yeah, well, Yodorowsky's Dune never never got made. Yeah, but the you know the documentary, right? Have you seen yeah. the documentary? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. amazing. It's absolutely fucking amazing. Imagine how good it would have been to have like Salvador, <laughs> Salvador, Salvador Dali and Orson Welles in this science fiction movie, like how fucking great it would have been. <laughs> yeah, and he was gonna have Pink Floyd do some of the yeah. soundtrack, and uh, yeah, and there's other band Magma that I really like. Magma, Magma I knew there was Magma. another band. Yeah, yeah, this prog rock band, I like them actually. I'm really getting schizophrenic at this point, but you know who who I love that also came out of this era that has this vibe that we're talking about is uh, Hawkwind. Yeah, uh, Lemmy's yeah. first band. I think it was his first yeah. band. It might have been his second. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there. So. Oh, maybe he had another one. So fucking good. Yeah, yeah, and they have the whole like outer space, and they jam. Their songs are like long jams. Although they they're early, they're like seventy two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they started in the late sixties. They're like naked the ladies 60s, dancing yeah. on stage. Yeah, it just shows it. Just, it shows that we had a freer creative period in that point in that time. Because like you think of heavy metal, I was actually talking. I had to do Frodi's thing earlier on, uh, Dave, that you're doing in a few days. I think mm-hmm. right. So I was talking about Gandahar, right? So I was talking about this era, the 70s and 80s and stuff, and how, like, why was it so wildly creative? But it's like, even say in Gandahar, like I was talking about, right? It's, it has all these elements that you have in Metal Hurlant and Heavy Metal and in these movies, even these horror movies that we're talking about. It's like, and you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you know, it's not like today. Today, they've really got the formula and they repeat the formula over and over again. Which We're I hate. There. I fucking hate it. Yeah, you, you, I hate it. But it just in all the elements, even in the music, even you wouldn't know what you were going to hear. It would probably be something quite crazy and experimental. And it was like they were unfettered in the scope of things they could suddenly do to you. Where there'd be like, say, because I was talking about Gandhar, I was like, so all of a sudden they're in this, this like French sci-fi thing. And all of a sudden, like there'd be some nude scene and some sex scene or something. And it'd be like, oh, you know, totally unexpected. But that just kind of shows that they're willing to go to do any eccentric fucking crazy thing to you out of the blue. You know what I mean? Like, well, it was more yeah. experimental basically, I think. And there was, they were freer to do what they wanted. And there was money and support to be like creative at that level that we yeah. don't have now. That's a big part of it. You know, uh, Morrissey was just doing an interview. It just came out and he was saying how like back then the record companies would, would support bands even as they failed until they like found their voice Whereas now, if you don't put out a hit right away, they drop you instantly, and I yeah. think that opens up a huge venue—a uh, venue for uh, uh, experimentation because they can just kind of like do do whatever to see to see what works. They don't even uh, want to be original now. They want to they want to follow the formula so they can get the money. They don't. There's yeah. no there's no dry, there's no incentive to be original. Well, the other thing you talk about, Brendan, that I agree with is that like everybody's gay now. Everybody's gay <laughs> and, and, and retarded. And you know, I've been listening to a lot of Guns N' Roses lately. I mean, I have, I have for my whole life. But I'm like, you know, this was the last real 
don't give a fuck band like <laughs> and that and that and that vibe that vibe like ruled the 70s i mean motorhead and lemmy lemmy was you know axel rose's pre- predecessor in many ways uh but the, all those bands were like that and that like that like gets you pumped up it gets you revved up it gets your testosterone firing and it makes you want to go out and be a fucking savage and then i don't know the last t- 20 years i guess it would be I mean, really, nobody after Guns N' Roses that I can think of embodied that rock and roll lifestyle. And that's what all this is. I mean, John Carpenter was a rock star at the end of the day, right? Uh, some of these movie stars back then, Steve McQueen, those guys were rock stars. And then it just turned into, like, I don't know what, commercial and effeminate and the hall monitor thing Dave was talking about earlier. You can't really offend anybody. And I think the thing is, is, like, when people were able to be like wild and creative in their like artistic endeavors, it inspired, you know, the consumers to be wild and creative. And now that everything's yeah. sterile and, and cookie cutter, it like, it doesn't get people, it doesn't get people hyped up. It doesn't get people fired up like it used to. Cause like, yeah, I, I, I'm ranting now and we're way off. Horror, no, no, that's true. But... Well, no, it applies to everything we're talking about. But like, I like I liked when you were you're like Brendan. The one thing that you talk about, like I thought you're <laughs> I thought you're gonna come out with like one of Brendan's like big brain takes. Yeah. Like, we're about to talk about something. The one thing that you talk about that I agree with is that everybody's a bunch of faggots. Like everybody's gay. You can't deny it. But you know what's cool about all this stuff is like it it was a scene back then. You know what I mean. Yeah, you would go yeah. out like Yodorowsky. I mentioned Yodorowsky, and uh, uh, you mentioned Eraserhead. Those were those premiered as like midnight movies in New York City, you know. And everybody would go out to watch these like art films, and they would see Yod- the El Topo and fucking Holy Mountain. Oh yeah, shit, crazy shit like that. Yeah, Holy crazy. Mountain. Yeah, and Eraserhead. And or, now yeah, whatever. Yeah, weird. Yeah, shit. yeah, and and people would be gathered together. You know, people would be hanging out. And they'd be talking about this stuff. Yeah, and now it's, it's like a shame. All... It's a real shame. Yeah, it's like a severe shame. I mean, we're much farther along in, in decline now. You know, a, we're almost beyond even worrying about that. Like, we know we're gonna dip into a state of survival, <laughs> probably not too in the not too far future. But uh, it is a shame. But you know what it is too? It was back then. Culture was, uh, and I was just saying this earlier on Frody stream, so I'm repeating myself. But who cares? That, um. All this, all these horror movies, and all the stuff we're talking about, and all that culture was basically made. It was being catered to men like us, our young men. Exactly right. Uh, intellectual, so or, you know, doesn't not imaginative young men. Where this was the all the stuff was being created for them, and that's obviously they turned against that. They don't want to. They don't create anything for us anymore. They don't give a shit about us. That's a great point. But, uh, this this was all for us, and it was the best stuff because. To make us happy, it has to be good <laughs> and clever. Well, I, you know, the worst part is, is I really don't think anybody now actually likes any of the shit that's getting put out. Yet it like yeah. keeps coming out. <laughs> they keep doing the same thing. And like, yeah, I don't no. think anybody really goes for it. Except like, the Marvel movies. Those movies always make money. Do they really? I don't even like really. I think so anyway. I don't associate with any normoids. I just, I don't really, I don't mm. know what people like. Um, 
Like if I yeah, go to the gym or I have to interact with with these creatures, I'm usually pretty appalled by. Yeah, it, make, it makes me want to like literally kill myself. Dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're out there. I think. I think like the bugman, the corporate bugman, has been trained to in, at least pretend to enjoy that kind of stuff. Right. I don't they're know. like they're like it's like they live. It's like they live. It's it exactly like, live, like that. And our response should, should be saying, "Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's fucking terrible." <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, awesome awesome you, you know what's in the story for they live there's a little bit that isn't in the movie i don't I don't know why there's a little scene where he discovers some little baby a little like a fish aquarium full of the ba- baby version of the creatures and it goes into detail of him like exterminating them <laughs> and this is in the book <laughs> no it was well, not a book it's literally it's like a three-page story it's so short yeah it, i have to read it yeah well but we yeah. should probably uh we should probably end it um you know, I always thought the thing was based on a Lovecraft story, but I can't think of any love. No, it's Richard story. Matheson. I think is his name. He's a he was a great horror uh, writer. He wrote, and he wrote "I Am Legend." I am Legend and um, something else. A few things. Uh, Soylent Green, or yeah, I know the one. Yeah, I think I think they made a Green. Charlton Heston movie. No, no, Charlton Heston. They made was the it, original "I Am Legend." I am legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the one with Will good. Smith was like. Uh, it wasn't yeah. the worst fucking movie. Will Smith. That yeah, he, he's a he can't guy. really do anything good. I don't think any movie he's been in has been good. No, he, he's <laughs> like mentally handicapped. You can see it in his face. <laughs> I, just, I don't believe he's smart enough to survive anything. Yeah, I think guy. he's a homo too. No, probably. Yeah. I've heard that he's like a down low brother, but who the fuck he's knows? A, yo, he a down low brother. You feel me? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm pleasantly surprised how how much david lynch came up today because uh i just as i'm talking about horror i'm like yeah david lynch is is definitely in the in the in the scope you know what else i watched as prep for this I, we didn't get to talk about it was midsomar what'd you think of that i didn't see it i was yeah. actually offended by the idea of paganism is evil horror and I, and i knew the director from a, his previous movie and i hated it so i didn't oh, watch okay it. yeah a lot yeah, of people same. have a lot of people have visceral reactions to this but it was all right. Uh, it reminded me. I I think I think uh, David Lynch is another one. Like I was saying about Halloween, how when you watch Halloween, you're like, oh well, everybody copied this. And there's a lot of David Lynch copycats, especially guys who working in the 2010s. I I, I think Refn and uh, this guy Ari Aster. I think his name is. Is that his name? Is isn't that the guy that did Midsummer? Yeah, that guy. That guy. And um, okay. I'm just thinking of like 2010s directors, uh, Gaspar No. I think a lot of those guys are taking cues, just ripping off David Lynch in a lot of ways. Um, Probably. So whatever, I won't I won't get into it because you guys don't want to see it. But I don't know, man. I didn't think that the message of that movie was that fem- uh, uh, paganism is evil. And I also didn't think it was a feminist movie, even though a lot of people's takeaway from it is is that it's a feminist movie. Okay. And they, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't think so. I didn't think. I, I, I don't think it's a pro-feminist movie at all. In the same way that like David Lynch isn't, isn't. I mean, people yeah. say David Lynch is feminist because he's like. What? Why? I never heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you especially Twin Peaks. I've heard people say that about Twin Peaks Why? because he's because it's supposed to be like uh, sympathetic to or advocating for like what women who get preyed on men go through. Like Laura Palmer is like, you know, she's preyed on all through the whole movie. Uh, and then she ends up as an angel at the end. <laughs> right. 
and they say this they say this about midsummer too but i don't think i don't think that's what it is but you know i'll, I'll have to do I'll, i i you know i hope to do some david lynch episodes soon actually no i don't have one coming up i should make one coming up though you should yeah it'd be a good one so look, let's cut it like, off. Like uh, Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet has elements of horror too. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, Blue Velvet starts out with the ear, which is cool. It's a cool, uh, creepy, weird intro. David Lynch is good at... See, that's, that's the thing about Halloween. If you feel like you're squirming in your seat, you're uncomfortable, then the director knows what they're doing. Because not, yeah. not that many people do. And, and Michael Myers definitely makes you do that. Uh, you know, I thought I thought Nightmare on Elm Street sucked. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Lows. I think Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, it's terrible. I don't like the whole series. I think Freddy Krueger is try hard and gay. He's I, gay. I, I think <laughs> He's it's fucking gay. gay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, I wouldn't think much. Of at least the first one maybe was like at least some watchable, and then I don't know. Right. Uh, I said but, that. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, that's it. Right. I just I say that because I was saying like when my when when Jamie Lee Curtis is looking out the window at Michael Myers, you're sitting there like, oh my god, I would be so fucking scared if I looked out the window and saw this guy. But when you see Freddy Krueger, you just want to laugh at him. Yeah, it's like a comic or something. Like, <laughs> it's a bit silly. All right, guys, I want to give you the last word. Uh, I'm ready to. I think we should. I think we did a good job. Do you think we did Carpenter justice? At least the movies we talked about. Absolutely, That's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a good summary. We even oh, brought up movie. Starman. <laughs> yeah, Starman. I mean, tell me Starman. now, should I, should I, because I watched Halloween the other day, was going through his discography uh, or filmography. Excuse me, I was like, there, you know, I knew I hadn't seen um, the first two, but I was like, there's, there's got to be some John Carpenter movies I haven't seen, and that was one of that one, and there was another one I can't remember off the top of my head. And I and I so I started reading the synopsis. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think I need to watch this. It doesn't look good. He's made some bad ones. His more recent ones were pretty bad. I didn't like them. There was one little kind of one that was I found online that wasn't released as a movie that wasn't too was actually kind of good. It was about an angel. It was I can't remember what it was called. It was about a guy, a filmmaker who had captured an angel and cut off his wings to make the scariest film ever. Did you guys see this? No. Oh, you the last movie I know about from him was the fucking movie with James Woods, the vampire movie, which I loved when it came out. I loved that movie. I bet I would hate it now, though. Uh, it wasn't the greatest. It I got was, terrible it okay. reviews, but I remember thinking it was awesome. Oh, then he, made a, he made a worse one with Ice Cube, Ghost oh of Mars. Oh, my God. I <laughs> had, no, I, see, I lost touch with him after. Yeah, I mean, there's some part. Yeah, it's pretty bad. There's like okay parts in it, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> and then, then it like he did nothing as far as I know. Um, Village until of the Damned. I, oh, Village of the Damned. Yeah, that was all right. Was, oh my God, that was him. Yeah, that yeah, was it was great uh, movie. Christopher Reeve. I like that. It? Yeah, yeah it was pretty good. Yeah, Superman. yeah he also good, did yeah. Christine. Yeah, that's but that classic. was way back though. Yeah. Classic. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking yeah. about new stuff. Stephen you should King, look up the Angel Stephen, one I'm talking about. It's good. It's, it's good? good. Well, it's really, it's really odd. It's got all Dave's elements, especially Uncanny. It's like this guy is searching for a movie that they say if you watch it, it drives you insane or something. And because the filmmaker was one of these, you know, auteurs that uh, was so into his art that he somehow he wanted to make the ultimate horror movie of all time or something. And his solution was to somehow I can't remember the details. Something like he captured he he films an angel. And tortures it. He captures oh, an angel. Man, that's intense. It is intense, yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it is intense. 
And it's actually pretty horrific. When did it come uh, out? I don't know. It's because it, it wasn't released like a proper movie. I, I don't know what the deal was, but I saw it online at some point. If you look up his whatever he's at, you'll see it maybe. I don't remember what it's called or anything. Yeah, I just remember seeing it and thinking, like, oh, it's pretty scary. Wikipedia or, or yeah, uh, IMDb something like or that, something. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, I'm glad to get this one on the books. I'm going to have it out on Christmas Day. Uh, Christmas Day. See, that's how tired I am. Halloween night. I'm gonna put it on Halloween day. What time is it for you, Brennan? Three in the morning. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah, you're, a trooper, three in the you're a trooper, man. You're a trooper. I'm, I'm fading, and it's like eleven here. Yeah. Dave, yeah. it's great to have you back, man. This is great to have you back. I want, uh, I want anybody who listens all the way to the end to know I have an episode recorded with Dave that I, I had COVID on, and my voice just sounds so fucked up. I've like not had the balls to release it, but I need to because Dave was on fire for that episode, but. I hate listening to myself on it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even remember. Like, that was it. Oh, you just kind of gave the Biz Archive spiel, the, the pulp oh, spiel. Okay. That's all right. I've done that spiel like a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the people, it's getting to the point now that when people, so tell us, what's you, let's Biz Archive. I'm like, <laughs> watch the other like 80 podcasts. Right, I do talk. Right, let's right. talk about something else now. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward for this one to come out, man. I hope, I hope we get a lot of downloads. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of I, course. You guys I, are both welcome anytime, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. That was good. And, and Brendan, I have a couple ideas for shows for you uh, soon. Dave can come to the Black Sabbath one. Oh, I'm coming. All right, oh, Dave, nice. Dave will agree with me. I guarantee it. I don't even <laughs> want to talk. I don't even want to talk about post Ozzy Sabbath. I don't even want it to. Oh come my up. god! Oh my okay. god! I don't yeah. even want it to come up. Yeah, oh, you're man. right. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. It's too. It's too divisive. God, it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah. It was like an insane. How How do you not like the Dio? Like heaven and hell. Dude, I don't know. They uh, Tony Iommi doesn't even you, sound you, like you almost said they saw su- it sucks. <laughs> Dude, I will fucking you know what? After yeah, you, you didn't even you. have to I say it. You. I knew that's what you were doing. I was lips. about to, and I stopped. Like, we're gonna get into it again. This yeah. is gonna end I have, I have, stop. We're gonna stop. I have a copy of The Shining on VHS that's still wrapped up. <laughs> I'm going to pull it out of the sleeve. And I'm gonna take the sleeve and I'm gonna wipe my ass with it because of what you just did. <laughs> so blasphemous. All right, all right. Oh. All right. Well then, Dave. Dave, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a foursome, Brendan. It's gonna be a foursome. We're gonna have to have Dave come talk about Black Sabbath because we already have a third guest for that. Yeah. Right. Right. Dave will be the fourth, but uh, we're not gonna argue about post. We're only gonna talk about Ozzy Sabbath. How, dude? The, the, it's great. Naomi's <laughs> like, what a tremendous. This is this dude. is my frustration. This was uh, this is the Dave's feeling the frustration I was feeling. I was like, oh my I god. I even okay. like the what's his balls? Fucking uh, escape me now. Headless what? Cross and Tear and um. Yeah, those aren't bad. That that's getting a Tony bit lower Martin. to me. Dude, I like Tony yeah. Martin. Yeah, I like the, yeah. the Hughes yeah. stuff. I even like the, oh, the guy from uh, the guy from uh, uh, fucking one zero, the hero and all that. What's that one? No, Born... that's Ian Gillian. Yeah. Ian I... Gillian, yeah. Yeah. That's a great album, too. Yeah, Disturbing yeah, the priest. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he got the 2008 yeah. uh, Dio returns with the heaven and hell. The um, devil, you know, and then dehumanizer with Dio in the 90s. Yeah, I've heard those albums. I've heard those albums, man. They're not as good, though. I would concede that the Aussie stuff is the best. I would say that for sure. But it's uh, the most original. Yeah, most original. All right. Maybe I'll I I like Rainbow, though. Uh, Rainbows. Yeah. First band deal was fucking great. Fantastic. Yeah, great. Yeah. So I'm not like a hater. And some of his uh, Holy Divers, a good album. Yeah, 
but and one of I the best know. albums. All right, good. if I, if I don't end this, it's never gonna end. So I gotta just cut it off. And yeah, and you, da- all right, like good. Breathe new life into me now. I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm glad. I I know. Right? I'm glad we picked up Dave for the Sabbath uh, episode. Whenever we get to that, yeah, gotta have. Him. You're gonna have all Dave. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> even the way even the way this happened, Dave. Uh, it just his 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 Substack popped up as we were talking about making this episode. I'm like, all right, Dave's in. <laughs> I appreciate you guys bringing me along and let me come yak with you. Right, I love gentlemen. this stuff, man. I, I it, yeah. authentically, sincerely, this is you know, and you know, Astro. We talk about that. Me and Brandon talk about. We all. I, I'm I'm done with current thing. I don't even want to know what the current thing is. Same. I want to celebrate culture. I want to create culture. Same. Want to. I want to be as Brendan says. Some fucking. I want to be the nutty fruity guy that gets obsessed with all of it and <laughs> yaks about it and makes it. And I want to be this in the subculture because yeah, that's man. what I've loved my whole life. It's who yeah, I man. am. I'm, and you know, why should I pretend to give a fuck about Israel or Palestine? Yeah, I don't, I don't anymore. No, I don't care. Yeah. I when hope it, when it seemed like there was a chance Trump was going to be our president again, I kind of cared, but now I feel like it's over. So fuck them all. <laughs> it's yeah, a matter of surviving all that, I think. And we, yeah. there's no point, there's not much point talking about it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. get in trouble anyway. exactly. I mean, we can't avoid it. Sometimes we can't help it. Sometimes, but uh, yeah. there's no point. Yeah, there's no point. It's not fun. Not fun. No, it's not fun. All right, gentlemen. Until next time, we will uh, we will be back with the Astro Flight Simulation.